You are listening to Parlo DeMarco podcast with Alan Campbell. Welcome everybody to the Polo DeMarco podcast. Today on the show, we are interviewing Blaise Martin. Welcome. How are you? Very well, thank you, and good um, good morning to everyone. Well, I don't know where you are, but let's say it's a starting day today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm very happy that you joined the show. Well, thank you for hosting me. This is very kind of you. Um, to have somebody get some interest of my work is always a great pleasure to speak about it. It really does. So mm. thank you so much. <clears throat> no problem. So the first question I would like to ask is, Blaise Morton Perfumer is considered a luxury bespoke brand in society that is commercial. What makes your brand so special? Well, I don't know if my brand is so special, really. But what I'm trying to do is trying to do some bespoke and listen to my customers. You know, uh, my first customer was a very famous hotel based in Paris. And I really tried to understand, you know, what they wanted to do. At the beginning, you know, when they when I've been introduced to them, they were not really in the idea of having a bespoke perfume. This didn't really come up to their mind, you know. But then a friend of mine said to the uh, marketing director, it would be fantastic if you could get somebody creating something very special for your place, for your hotel. Don't you think it would be nice? And then she said, yeah, that's a very good idea. And then, you know, this friend introduced me to this marketing director of this hotel. And then, you know, step by step, she gave me a, you know, a business card. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe I should really give them a call. You know, I was not really into bespoke perfume because I didn't have any lab at the time. I didn't have nothing. So it was a bit difficult for me to imagine that I could do bespoke for a big hotel like this uh, with me knowing that I don't have any laboratory or anything of the sort. I was thinking more of having a store, doing some prototypes and selling them, you know, over the store. But I was not really thinking of bespoke scent. But, you know, as in life... I came to the conclusion and <laughs> that you never do whatever you wanted to do. When you have an idea of doing something, maybe you go in a different path. That's what happened to me, honestly. Um, because when I came, when I met with these people of this big hotel, you know, step by step, they come, they invited me to visit the property. And, you know, I really fell in love with it. And suddenly I had some ideas coming up to me. And then, you know, when I came back, I was doing a school and some trips to the south of France in a very important city for perfume called Grasse. I don't know if you ever heard about this place in France, but it's based in the south. And it's a worldwide capital for perfume. Basically, it's there where you buy all the essential oils and where you buy, you know, all the industry for perfumes is based there, mostly. And all around the world, they are trying to buy some stuff from there. And uh, I met with... <clears throat> a laboratory there um, who was working for the company I was working in, uh, was doing some perfumes for this for the brand I was working in called Met Parfumeur Gantier, which is a perfume master uh, with gloves because in the 18th century, as you may be aware, they were presenting their creation through their gloves because, you know, the perfume didn't, I mean, the smells outside didn't smell very good. Anyway, so the weather company I was working in, and that's how I met with this laboratory based in the south of France. And uh, basically, when I started to really create stuff and I was doing some uh, what we call essays, you know, um, samples, ideas, 
of perfume. I was coming back and forth to grass and trying to elaborate these perfumes. And I was doing a school in, in Versailles called Lisipka. And I was doing, you know, s- discovering some essential oils and some ideas of creating a perfume. And step by step, I came with some ideas for this uh, hotel. And they really fell in love with the perfume, actually. And that uh, was my first order was creating this perfume uh, for them. And I signed the perfume uh, for them saying creation created by Blaise Motin. So basically, on the end, um, they were very happy. And here we are, we started to, I started my company like this. So I don't know if it's very special, but what I'm trying to do is really doing some bespoke stuff for my customers. You know, try to give, um, as I said always, I always say, you know, it's nice to create also a perfume for a hotel or for big buildings or whatever. Like if I was designing a perfume for somebody else. It's like wearing a perfume. It's a real perfume, but putting into a monument. Then you never, you always, you don't forget it. You know, when you come across to somebody you love, you don't forget the perfume they're wearing. Never. So it's the same thing when you go to a building, when you, when you go to a property, when you go to a building, it feels like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is really a, a very identical perfume. It gives a, a bigger identity and it's nice to smell as well because I'm trying to do something like smells nice. You know, it's not like putting some perfume in the air and it doesn't smell good. I don't know. I don't really think I'm an interior perfume designer. I think I'm a perfume designer putting very luxury perfumes into some original places. If you, if you follow me, <laughs> you know, mm. um, at least it gives a lot of identity and it gives a lot of, uh, how would I say, memories you treasure for the rest of your life. Basically, I think I like this idea. That's what I came across with this, with, you know, with this craft is uh, when I was working in my early days in a toy store with a family business very long time ago. And it came up to me when I saw the grandfather with his granddaughter buying a lot of toys, you know, in these stores for hours they spend in the store, you know, buying some toys. And I realized what, what the grandfather does for his granddaughter is to make her happy and to make her remember how lucky she is to be so much, you know, to receive so much. And I thought it'd be fantastic if you could have had created a perfume for this toy store and give it to this small girl, to this little girl, for her to remember how lucky she is to be so much loved. You know, and uh, I thought that perfume would come up to me as a essential thing because it gives you memories. Like if you were listening some music, you know, uh, I think it's something you don't forget. You treasure it, and I think it's important because we need it. We do. Mm, I, I think I we really d- do. Definitely agree. Your nose is your asset. What do you it look is. for when it comes to scents? Um. I think, you know, it is true that my nose is an asset, sorry. I, uh, it, is, it is because whatever you smell, you try to understand what you smell, right? Uh, so you have to smell a lot. You have to smell everything, basically, for you to understand, you know, what is going on with you around you in terms of smells. Otherwise, you're a bit lost. You have to understand and try to analyze everything you smell around you. Uh, and then, and the decompose stuff. My reaction, my first reaction when I smell something is try to decompose the smell. It's not like doing some cooking. When you're cooking, you assemble stuff together for you to do one dish or to do one course, okay? But when you smell something in terms of perfume, it's not this approach. The approach is you decompose the smell. 
you try to understand the, what is the contents of the of the um, of the perfume. So, for example, if you smell um, pepper, okay, I think because this is every it's clear for everybody. You smell pepper, but if you really smell pepper, the grain, you know, you will discover that some pepper smells pears, plus woo, plus spice, plus greeny, some apple or grapefruit. You can be very impressed. Uh, actually, the the terms of pepper, because not all pepper smells the same. They all smell in a different way. Sometimes they have uh, uh, fruits, uh, uh, fruity fruits on the head note. Sometimes it's grapes, lemon. Sometimes it's spicy. Sometimes it's woody. Sometimes it's... And then you have to understand this. And when, as soon as you understand this, then you can understand perfume. It's like, you know, this, uh, discovering a wine. When you're testing, when you test a wine, you always understand that you have head notes, middle notes, and best notes. Uh, you, 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 you smell something, you can smell banana smells, for example, when you smell a wine, but then it comes to the flower, to the wood, to the spice, to whatever aspect of the wine is. This is what how perfume works. That's why it's quite complex. You need to have, you need to do a lot of work to understand this because um, you have uh, 1,200 various essential oils uh, in my laboratory, for example. So I still have like 700 various products and you have to understand them all for you to be able to decompose and then to compose. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's a yes. bit complex, but I know it's a bit complex, but it, it is the way it works. The way it works is for you to understand one final smell, but you also have to understand one scent. Because one scent is more, when you discover, for example, the essential oil of orange, it smells orange, okay? It doesn't smell lemon or it doesn't smell anything else than orange. When, when you do work with perfume, when you compose and you do uh, various notes, my idea is if I use orange, it's for, to put some orange in my formula, but for you to not smell orange. The orange to just give some fresh aspect, but you cannot recognize orange in my composition otherwise it will be too uh, uh, sticky uh, or not very nice or cheap or you know it has to be the delicate way you need to compose in a delicate way each product to put them all together and to make one cent out of you know this composition it has to be one cent all together but you have a lot of variety of products in it it's life. It's like mm -hmm. pepper. You don't understand. When you smell the pepper, you don't have just only the pepper smell. As I said, you have many various smells into that pepper. For you to understand, you know, what is going on in this pepper, you have to analyze it and to understand it and to just see head notes, middle notes, base notes in the pepper you smell. Once you've done this exercise, you understand the smell and then you can compose. If you, you know... That's the, the approach. It's the same thing when you smell a perfume. For you, is to try to decompose. What are the variants? What are the com compounds, compounds of, the, um, of the perfume? How many, or what is the major essential oil used in the perfume you smell? When it comes to your collection of perfumes, which one is your most favorite? Um, I think, you know, when, you, when you're doing this craft, you cannot possibly say I have a favorite one. Because if you do, then you're going to use only your favorite one. And then if somebody will ask you, I like something and you don't like, you don't really feel, then you are close-minded. 
And this cannot be. You cannot be close-minded when you perfume, when you design a perfume. You, you, on the contrary, you need to be super open-minded. You need to have your eyes wide open, and you cannot possibly say, "I like this more than you know more than this or that." You have, of course, personal things that I really like. I like rose jasmine. I love, I like, I love rose. I love wood. I love patchouli. But I don't think I have favorite ones because I think they all are super interesting. And also perfume, don't forget, is a is about seduction. Uh, you need to seduce people. You need to make them happy. So you need to be, you need to have this approach of, okay, is this product, one of my biggest joy is, is this product will make people happy? This is the question number one. It's not really me or saying I like this or I don't like this. What I like is to please people and to make people happy. If I'm doing this, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this, I'm doing this for others. You know, this is the approach of my, of my craft. So basically I'm trying to, as an exercise to say, okay, I'm trying to like all the essential oil, but of course they are, on the contrary, they are products that I don't like. <laughs> I love them all. Which ones, which ones don't you like? I don't like Galaxolid, for example. I don't like another product called Dihydromercenol. I don't like this. I don't like this product and don't, I'm trying not to use them. I'm trying to replace these products by something else, which I think are more elegant or more interesting and more original than these two products, for example, then I don't use them. Even if they are very popular and people really, without knowing it, they love it, but I'm not, I don't like them and I don't want to be like everybody else, so I don't use these kind of products. I know it's about chemical names, but these products I don't like and I don't use them in my formulas, rarely. Uh, unless my customer says, I want this. Okay, then as I said, my goal is to make people happy, so I'll do it. And then I'm trying to make them understand that it's a wrong idea. I'm trying, mm. you know, but as I said, I really want to do to make them happy. So sometimes I have to do it, but I'm trying very hard to explain why I don't like this product. Why, why I'm not using it into my formula, because I think you can be, they can be replaced and we can use them in a very nice way. Basically, the basics of the perfumery, like everybody else, I love patchouli, I love vetiver, jasmine, I love musk, I love oud, I love amber perfumes. You know, there's so many things I love. I really do. I'm trying to survive and I'm trying to do, and I'm living with my passion, which is uh, creating perfume. And uh, because, you know, like every artistic, uh, artistic uh, job is very difficult to be recognized as an artist. You can design a lot of stuff. The difficulty is to get customers make you work and you have commissions out of your work. It's like being an actor, uh, you know, to have customers who believe in you and make you work, basically, and commission you and, you know, ordering things from you for you to survive. Otherwise, you can create perfume, but if you do not share this with other people and people do not order things from you, you, you cannot work, basically, you know? So, and in perfume is like, you like or you don't like. There's no idea, there's no bullshit basically, sorry about the, you know, the, the word, but it's true. There are no, um, you know, you, whatever you do is real. You like or you don't like, you know, you can say whatever, you know, all the blah, blah, blah around it. But on the end, it comes to the product and the product is talk the truth. Basically, you don't like it, you like or you don't like.
And that's what I mm. like as well mm. in life, with people. I'm trying to have this kind of relationship with people as well. You like or you don't like, you know, you just, uh, I like this because you do not bullshit with people. There is no blah, blah, you know, you're just, uh, I like this authenticity that you have and you're sharing with people. I think it's fascinating. It really is. There's so many different fragrances that people enjoy. True. Because and if you know how to dissect it, then you can find the best part. Um, it's true. It's true. There are so many talented perfume designers around the world, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> they're so talented. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, the, competition. the competition is tough. <laughs> the competition is very tough. There are so many talented guys and women around us in the world. It really does. <laughs> I wish I could be the only mm. one, but it's not working that way, you know. <laughs> it doesn't. But, you know, it's true that you smell a lot of... Uh, 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 yeah. It's true. There's so many choice, but that's why you know maybe it's picking the truth or doing thing that matches with some. To have a, maybe a very a different approach is, you know. Well, I think that if you have your own personality, I think that you should have your own scent too, even if it's created by yourself or if you get somebody to create it for you. It's like having your own distinct smell. Oh, of course, I do really really leaves a note towards other people and they and it really and it has that impact as well where they have such an appreciation it's like well they that's actually very distinctive well it's very distinctive but then i said i met with a couple of years like 20 years a perfumer a perfume designer um and we were talking about this. We were talking about bespoke scent and you know and he was saying to me that he was buying on the market, everything was possible for him to wear because he really likes other people's work. And then I said to him, on the contrary, me, I cannot possibly say, you know, um, doing this, what I do, it needs to be bespoke because I need to believe in what I do. And I also need to love and believe what I do is great or good or, you know, I can wear it myself. Because if I could not wear it myself, how could I possibly have somebody else wearing it? You know, you need to, the bespoke experience is something different. It's you are the only one in the world wearing something or giving like a company uh, of the own scent. They have their own fragrance and they are the only one using in the world to give experiences to the world, to the people who come and visit them. And I think this approach is very interesting. I was quite disappointed, I remember, when I came up. I came to Japan for the first time in my life, like 15 or 17 years ago. <clears throat> I thought Japan was like very different from whatever we met or knew or know in the world. When I arrived in Tokyo, then I discovered all the brands from all over the world. Same thing that the Champs-Élysées or New York or LA or wherever you go. Same thing. Everywhere, like a uniform, same products, same items, same colors, same everything. And then I thought to myself, where is the originality of that? And people are desperate to find unique stuff, to find things that you never seen before. And also they need to find the source of the product they're using. And also the, the sourcing is very interesting. And, and this is a future for me. With the social media today, well, you know, you're in contact direct with, uh, with your customers. I really love this idea with Instagram or Facebook. Now, people are in direct contact with you very easily. 
you know, it's not the same world than it used to be like 40 years or 30 years ago, I think. The world is moving. Yeah. The world is smaller. It goes much faster. And people need to understand what they're buying, you know. And I like this. You first started your careers as a bespoke scent maker for hotelers. Firstly, who do you supply to? And do you fill the room and the hotel before creating such pieces? Yeah, um, I started... I started with uh, designing a perfume for the Bristol in Paris, but then we didn't talk about, you know, just, uh, it was just a perfume. Okay, the Bristol was doing a perfume encapsulated in a small bottle, expressing, you know, the interior designers, the flowers they use on the, you know, on the curtains, on the bed covers, in the gardens, the flowers in the garden. Everything was like mixing together and I put it into the little bottle. And that was you know, there was not like dispatching in a hotel, you know, nothing of the sort. It was just just a perfume ready to wear for the Bristol. But then um, I had some articles after this uh, launching. And then um, I've been contacted through an article I had in a magazine via uh, for Park Hyatt, by Hyatt Company. Who, well, they were thinking on the time to design or to have maybe a perfume designer uh, to design something very special for the for the flagship hotel that will be open, that will open in Paris, uh, that was like in two thousand and two, um, so mainly twenty years ago. Can you imagine? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then and then they decided to just put one perfume in everywhere, like perfume to wear, perfume in the amenities, perfume as a candle, interior sprays, capillas. I mean everything. The same scent. Then you give an identity to the hotel, completely. It was not like having only a perfume into the store. It was like, okay, we do the whole prestation. I mean, then the guests will come into a fragrance world that they don't know anywhere else. They never had this experience before. And then the bucket was really the first one to go that far, to use the same scent, the same fragrance for the, uh, for the perfume, for the candles, for the interior spray, for the amenities, for the soaps, for the everything, the same scent. It feels like you get into something you never experienced before because you never smelled this perfume before anywhere else. And then you become totally unique, you know? And it gives like an identity, like a signature. It's something you don't forget. When you smell this, you are the Pakaya. Welcome to the Pakat world. This is the idea. And then people who knows that, they love it and then they understand because they experience it, you know, and you don't forget. Even if you came in Paris for your honeymoon trip 20 years ago, you will remember the perfume and it will take you to that time when you smell the perfume. Once again, this is a treasure to me. It really does. And mm. not only for me, I like this that. is for I... everyone. It's, it's, you know, for the first time you come in Paris, you don't need it. You know, you go to a hotel. And then you come across to a smell you never smelled before. And it gives like something unique that you cannot find anywhere else. You have to be in Paris to find this. Or you have to go to Park Hyatt, to this hotel, or because there's some other hotels who can carry the same scent, but then it comes into the Park Hyatt world. You know, it depends on the, or what the hotel wants to do. Or they want to do a worldwide signature scent. Then you, you, it feels like you're at home as well. 
Because when you go to the hotel, you like the smell, you feel like home. You feel like, ah, here I am. Relaxing time starting. Because also you're always mm. associated with that always. You know, it's the very important designer, fashion designer, can become very famous and very popular with their perfume is because you come into their world. Basically, if you wear one of the fashion designer clothes, you wear also the perfume, you get into the fashion designer world. You understand style. It feels exactly the same when you are in a perfume, you come across to a style, to an establishment that you like, something comfortable, and you associate as well your perfume with something very nice. Perfume making is like opera. It's another form of storytelling. How Blaise Morton tells his story. Where did your passion come from and who inspired you? I have to tell you the truth. I never thought I could become a perfume designer when I was small. So I never thought I could do this alone, really, <laughs> because I didn't know anybody actually in this, in this field. So it was like a bit difficult when I came across to this craft. It's then, you know, it's, I think passion with smells is, comes from cooking. I always loved cooking when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I always loved making sauce and making mayonnaise and making chocolates, you know, chocolate mousse, <laughs> chocolate cake. I really always doing this. I always enjoy watching my mother or, or, or cook, you know, doing some, uh, some, uh, some cooking. I always enjoy that very much, you know. I always did. When you were starting to cook and, you know, com composing some oh. food... Do you think that's how you count with the decomposing? That's what I thought. I thought because I cook, it would be easy for me to make perfumes. Wrong. <laughs> I was not very, very wrong. Oh. I was very wrong. I was not afraid <laughs> of doing it because I like cooking. But then I had so many bad surprises when I started this craft. Because it's so difficult and so different. The main difference really between cooking and making perfumes is the number of ingredients you use. When you cook, you use like four or five ingredients, maybe six ingredients at the most. When you design a perfume, it goes from 10 to 80 different ingredients. So oh it's a totally different world. And basically, when you don't know how to use this product and the essential oil is not working and it smells awful, it really does. So when you start this job, it's like, oh my God, this is so difficult. It really is, because you need to understand how all this all works. And you're still learning. You, this is a craft that you realize that you never know something. You always learn out of it. It's like Picasso used to say, how can people understand my, my painting if you've never really studied this history of art before? Uh, Picasso, to understand Picasso. And I think he was completely right. You don't, know, you don't understand Picasso like this. You cannot understand Picasso because... Oh, this is nice. No, it means something. It does something for a purpose. And you need to understand it. And when you understand this, then you enjoy it more. You know? And it's exactly mm -hmm. the same thing mm -hmm. in perfume. What can you make a perfume if you don't know anything before perfume or has been made before? If you don't have any comparison of the big masters in perfume who have been working for since, you know, the Egyptian time until today. There's a lot of things, you know, uh, to learn about. For you to understand you know how it works and also the creation of new essential oils and the, the uh, chemistry and the, the new products coming up and the new technique coming up and uh, you know, also the the fashion the way they 
perfume were made in 1900 is not the same thing than today. If I was doing a perfume from 1900, nobody will like it because it would, maybe they would think it's too heavy now. They won't like this. They like, because also the technique that perfumer use, the essential oil is very different. It's super interesting. Tell me about vetiver. Yes. <clears throat> vetiver is a root, okay? And uh, it grew up into the tropical, uh, tropical countries such as Haiti or La Réunion, uh, Polynesia. It's a, it's a plant. <clears throat> it has long leaves, about one meter high leaves. Um, and it's very difficult to collect, basically. It's very difficult because, okay, you have one field, full field of vetiver, the plant, and there's one field when there are no, in front of the vetiver field, we know nothing on it. Because every year when you collect the vetiver, you need to cut the leaves. You need to collect, to take the plant out of the mug. Then you have to, to take all the roots, you know, in the mug out then you have to cut the roots you collect the roots and they make extraction out of the roots and then you have to replant the vetiver on the on the other field in a new mug for the plant to grow up again and the roots the vetiver roots are very very big you know very very big and then uh, but it smells divine and it really does but that's why vetiver is expensive is because it's very difficult to collect how much could you extract from a single um, root? I've no idea actually exactly how much. What is the random of, uh, of the color? I know for the rose. For the rose petal, you need one ton of petals of rose to get one kilo. One oh kilo, one ton, <laughs> one ton of petals only. Only one ton of petals oh of gosh. rose petals. Wow. To make sure that at seven o'clock in the morning, you have one ton of petals to make one kilo. It is one ton, and, and with one tons of, uh, yeah, can you imagine? Oud is one of the yes. most expensive scents in the world. Oh. Where does Oud come from? And what perfume would you recommend with the Oud scents Mine, in it? of course. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Oud comes from the Middle East. It's a typical scent in the Middle East. It was not that popular maybe in the, in the Occident world like 30 years ago. I don't think anybody knew about Oud before. Well, not that popular, really. Um, but it came up, as I said, you know, time coming and new perfumes come up. And I think the Middle East promote the Oud in the world in a way that, uh, that became extremely popular, actually. Because uh, I remember the first time I came across with Oud was in a toy store when we have some Arabic princess coming up and buying and buying and buying. And they were wearing this very particular perfume. And I didn't know at the time because I was not a perfumer. Uh, and they were, they were wearing Oud. And then I love that. Actually, I really, really love that smell. And um, as I said, you know, when I smell this again, then I remember these princesses coming up to the toy store, buying some stalls, some toys to their children. And I remember that scent. And I remember that smells like uh, money to me as well, you know, because they were spending so much. And I was associating this perfume with wellness and, and, and spending and, and something like, oh my God, this is incredible. 
And there were only those ladies who they were wearing this perfume. And now there are men wearing it as well because it's so good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know how they yeah, extract it from, from the bark? From certain trees of bark. From some certain bark trees in the Middle East. Wow. Do you know, do you know the extraction process um, for it? It's quite complicated. It's like, uh, it's like um, oak mousse. You know, it's an extraction. It's very, uh, it's a very, uh, I don't know exactly how they do it, but they, 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 they come from there. And then they associate this with some uh, spicy and some musk and some stuff. And then you have this oud smell coming out. And it comes from the tree's bark growing up in the Middle East. And the Middle East loved this so much. The feedback that you got from one of your clients is, I love roses. And Blaise Milton's rose fragrance makes me feel like I'm standing in the middle of a blooming English rose garden. I cannot live without it. What goes through your mind when you hear something like that? It's moving, that? isn't it? It's moving very much. It moves me a lot. It really does. Because uh, it's very touching. It really does. Mm. It really touches me enormously. Immensely. And, and it's very, very nice. And uh, and I'm so happy to have this kind of comment because then you don't forget about, you know, again, it's, it's, this is what I'm trying to do. And this is awesome to read something like this because I make, you know, people happy smelling it. And I said, this is my goal. I'm trying to do that. And I'm so happy when people are just sharing and experiencing and enjoying it so much. This is really cool for me. Yeah, it must feel amazing because what you said before is you yeah. really want to just make people feel happy. And so if they have a fragrance that lets them either relive their youth in a certain way or, or remember a smell that they you know, smelled before or even create their own scent, it must feel very powerful to be able to let people appreciate yeah. this moment. When it comes to layering, what is the best options for both men and women? I like layering so much. I like this idea of, you know, putting one perfume with the other and make a mixture and then to have something very bespoke. Because you do your own bespoke fragrance when you're layering some stuff together, some perfume together. And I think this is very nice. For example, you like whatever brands, patchouli, but you want to have, and you think the patchouli is not... Uh, uh, musky enough and you love musk so much then you can buy a white musk from me for example and then you can add the mat the white musk with your patchouli and then you have something very special and it's unique and you show it's well done and you are sure that will be a well mixed with this if sure. you buy a woody smell and you add some white musk mm. on it it will be fantastic Anyway, because it will give some softness, some richness. It will be um, surrounded. It will be soft. It will be smooth. It will be nice. It will match very well with it. It's a good combination. What goes into the production of the scents? Okay, when you produce, there, there are quite a few steps. First one, the most difficult one, is to design the perfume. Because this is a seduction process. You like or you don't like. It's a failure or, you su or success, you know, or it's a success or a failure. Basically, there are no other options. So this is truth. This is speaking truth. 
Okay, so that's very difficult part. The most difficult, I think, is to, to design the perfume. When the perfume is designed and choose and chosen, then we can go on the second step of the process is to send my formula to my lab and to adapt whatever option they want my customer wants to have, like candles, perfume, entire sprays, um, uh, amenities, soaps, capillas, and so on, et cetera, instead of pillow mist or shoe mist or whatever. <clears throat> so they can adapt my formula to all this category of product that my customer wants. When this is done, we do the samples. We do one candle sample, we do uh, soap samples, body lotion samples, uh, uh, face wash sample, whatever samples you want, you know, my customer wants to have with the perfume in it. Then the third, the fourth step when this is chosen is a production process. And then we produce the candles when they're chosen and you know, with uh, the concentration, it's okay. When everything is okay, then they can, we can produce. And then we deliver the products, whatever we design, because I've designed also, sometimes my customers send me my, the logo, or they, what, they use my logo, or sometimes I have to design something as a logo and proposing new stuff for my customers, you know, and to design some, or try to find some products or design some products for them. And then, uh, and then here we are, they receive their order and they're normally very happy with it alcohol is placed in many cosmetic goods i do do you yes, have any alcohol so you in your products because alcohol is the best perfume conduct you can find in the world it's the best well it's because so? uh, the oil goes very easily into the alcohol very easily and then it's, a, it's the purest way to smell the perfume if you go to the oil only with, with no alcohol, you will feel like it's too strong. So the concentration you put the oil into the alcohol is the way you, cons you, you concentrate less and to make it more bearable. Otherwise, it's too strong. It will be too strong. So sometimes you use oil only for, um, for uh, in the machines to dispatch the perfume into the air, all right? Also, uh, you can use the perfume into cosmetic, but normally if you just want to wear a perfume, the best way is the alcohol. And also the alcohol goes away, it evaporates very easily, and then the essential oil stays on your clothes. I always suggest for all people who listen to us, I always said it's better to wear perfume on the clothes instead directly on the skin. Oh, really? Because you can be allergic without that? knowing it to one of the compounds of the ingredients so that they've been using the oil and I don't think it's good to wear perfumes on the skin directly. I think you should put your perfume on the, on the clothes. The clothes, no risk. But on the skin, you, you might have a risk. So I always suggest to my customers to wear perfumes on the clothes and not on the skin. It doesn't stay as it is when you spray it on you. After two hours, it doesn't smell the same. And you know why this process is because you have the end notes, the middle notes, and the base notes. The end notes last lasting about 20 minutes. Then the middle notes from 20 minutes to three hours. And the base notes is after three hours. So the perfume you are wearing doesn't smell the same from top to bottom, you know? So that's why it doesn't, you know, you, you, your body infusing the perfume doesn't really match because it doesn't stay. 
it doesn't stay because we don't have the three uh, the three steps. So you know, you don't smell the same from the beginning to the bottom. You don't. You don't. You don't. No, oh you, wow! I didn't but know that. It lasts. Oh, that's, that's really lasts interesting. Much longer when you wear it on your clothes, because you don't have any body sweat. You don't have any. You know. You know. So the perfume stays much more as it is on your clothes than on your body. What are the traits in finding um, a perfect scent? The perfect scent, I don't think it does exist. I think you you like something and you don't like something. The perfect scent is very uh, personal and individual. You know, I don't think we can speak about the perfect scent in a general terms. It doesn't exist. What would you say is a nice fragrance for you when you're going for a, nice a dinner somewhere? To me, it feels like naturality. It feels like it is it a part of you and it doesn't smell like too much perfume you know and like oh you smell good but you don't mm. you know it, it's not too overwhelming it's very something very subtle mm, it's something but very sometimes subtle sometimes I remember that I, do, uh, I did a bespoke fragrance for a lady who loves tuberose you know the tuberose is a very intense fragrance flower and then she was, as she was asking me to put an enormous amount of concentration in a perfume, like she really wanted to have something very strong. And one day, I was invited to a cocktail party, I remember. And when I arrived, I said, oh my God, Isabel's here. <laughs> I could smell like <laughs> Isabel, like in a, in a phone hall. And you know, and it was funny. And when I arrived, then I could smell. Like oh it was a big, big sitting room, you know, where like a big room was crowded and with and then the half room was smelling her and then I arrived and then she said it's him who did my perfume and I felt like suddenly a bit embarrassed because it was a bit too much maybe you know <laughs> <laughs> she loved the tuberose love so much so that she put so much on it <laughs> and then I felt oh my god maybe this would be a bit too much for the for the guest you know I didn't have any reaction. Nobody said to me, oh, it's too strong. It's just terrible. Um, but to me, it was a bit too much, I must say. <laughs> a bit too much. Uh, so, uh, because that's not really my approach. I'm trying to be too discreet. You know? But people really want to have very strong perfume. Uh, and then you have to, as I say, make them happy. Whenever I purchase a fragrance, I prefer yeah. to have something a little bit more subtle, yes. yet that's unique. That's what I love too. Subtle, unique, and then when you, what I think is nice is to have mm. somebody say, oh, oh, wow, you smell good, it smells divine, you smell great, what is it? That's, that's nice. And then when somebody says that to you, mm. then you feel like, oh, my perfume mm. is good, this is my personality, this is so me, you know? That is great when somebody says that to you. I love that. This is the best compliment mm. ever. As I said, again, the order makes your life different. It does. Because you don't really know what is interesting mm. is the other's reaction regarding something you do or regarding something that you do. You know, it's interesting to see, oh, well, you know, oh, you smell great or whatever you do is great or, you know, the nice comment makes you very happy, I think. Mm. Tell me how your luxury brand um, became linked with Mercedes-Benz. Because I met a journalist um, 10 years ago, one of my customers launching a very nice hotel based in Courchevel in the Alps, French Alps. And I met with her and we get along very well. We were sitting into each other, I was explaining to her the perfume and the process of this 
perfume that I designed for this whole property at this hotel. And then we we kept in touch and we, you know, she comes to my office and we're always have a cup of tea together and it's very nice. And and then she called me two months ago and she said, um, I'm doing a promotion for Mercedes-Benz and I would like to select three personalities in Paris to be able to speak about, you know, their work, their excellency. And I think, you know, you you have a good profile for this. Can you can you do so? Can you, do you accept to have an interview and doing a film shot for Mercedes? Um, and then I said, yes, I think it's very nice of you to have thought of me. And I'm, it's a very big privilege. And I'm so happy to, to do this because I love Mercedes so much. I think it's such a nice car. So I thought, you know, it would be a fantastic opportunity to do it. And then uh, I did it. So that's what my link is a journalist again, you know. Lastly, how they and can where find me can on people find Instagram, you? Facebook. <laughs> they can find me on big hotels if they go to Park Hyatt or they go to the Zerel or they go uh, some, uh, uh, they go to the Zerel, they go to the south of France, they go to Italy, some property in Italy, uh, in some other project I'm working on. So when they go to these properties, then they can experience my product and my work. <laughs>